everybody. We're here with another Savage Gentleman podcast. We're in the Savage Gentleman Lounge. We, we changed the mood here a little bit, as we are subject to do from time to time. And uh, we've got a very special guest. We have Alexander Bowie, the Alexander Bowie, uh, often imitated, never duplicated. Yeah. If um, anyone tells you that they're me, they're wrong. They're li- wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, a man of, of many talents, chief amongst which uh, an artist yes. in a lot of sorts. Alex, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. What What is it you say you do? So many would say that I am a, a peddler of art. Hmm. I'm actually, right now, what I'm doing is I'm doing both filmmaking and I do caricature art. It's so, an interesting yeah. blend. Oh yes, it's a very good blend. You know, it's it's one of those exotic blends. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a broad spectrum, right? Because you're working in a digital yes. component, right? Where you're you're filming and you're editing and, and creating that medium, yes. and then you've got this analog where you're actually by hand drawing caricatures. And if you guys don't know what caricature art caricature art is, yeah. um, that's essentially where you make cartoons of people yeah i'm like if you've ever been to santa monica pier or you've ever been to the the french uh the french countryside <laughs> you'll see lots of people drawing the faces on the papers and, you know, i'm one of those guys you're that guy i have the beret oh and, you didn't bring the beret i did not <laughs> this is too easy this is a travesty well and what's interesting is because this is a savage gentleman podcast not the gentleman frou-frou artist <laughs> podcast and so you know what what's really cool about alexander is that not only is he this this amazing artist but he's also pretty badass dude like you're into some gnarly stuff um you know very manly macho you know kick-ass things you're you're pretty uh pretty handy with a weapon um what are the what are the other things that you like to get into? Because you're you're kind of all over the place. Well, okay, so there's art. I love art. Art is my life, and driven by it. the need to create, the need to create art on paper and through film and even through music. Sometimes I recently just wrote a country song. Oh, nice. How about that? Wow. No, but also I like to do salsa dancing, the Latin dancing. <laughs> okay. It's good with the ladies. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. No, and um, <laughs> I just like that. I like to be a versatile. Man. Yeah, but you're you're but you're big into into I mean swords and and axes and all kinds of stuff, man. I see a lot of stuff on your social media where you're just getting after it with stuff and you know an avid outdoorsman, all all these things that for the typical I don't know the the imagery of what we think of an artist, we think about you know just this very meek, mild guy in his beret, in his easel, right? But then you've got, you know, you're obviously a very robust individual that's right. active and, and does all the stuff. You work out, you train, you do all these badass things. I think that that's, I think it's very interesting. It's that notion of a renaissance man, of, of someone with many talents and interests. And not only you're into a bunch of stuff, but you're actually pretty damn good at uh, all of it, which is which is cool, you know. Thanks, you've made my day. Well, there you go. There, that's it. <laughs> well, and to me though, that is the the notion of a savage gentleman, right? Is it's not just this one vein that we that we follow, but rather more multifaceted, right? And right. and I think that that is how we achieve, you know, that our highest calling or the the highest level of ourself is to find different things that we can be passionate about and pursue them. And so with that, 
you know, my, my question to you is like, how did you fall into all these different things? I mean, obviously art is your life. Right. What, what led you down that path to become an artist? Oh man. Well, I've been an artist as soon as I can remember. I was practically born with a pen and paper in my hands. It was terrible for my mom. <laughs> drawing on everything. Yes. And you know, the teachers will tell you the same thing, but I just grew up drawing and needing this, just having this desire to draw and everything around my life was centered around, Ooh, I've got to draw this monster or this character. And then, you know, as you grow up, you just find other ways of expressing yourself through art or, you know, throwing axes or, you know, dancing on the dance floor. You know, there's, there's so many facets that a diamond can possess. And I'm not, con I'm not comparing myself to... You're, you're, a, you're a diamond in the rough, sir. Although don't, don't sell yourself short. No. I mean, you're only like, you're only like a quarter carat, but you're still a diamond. Oh. <laughs> I no, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't give you too many compliments on here. Like I... Every, all the other guests would be really butthurt because they usually bust their balls pretty hard. So we can't we can't go pumping you up too much. And I'm Sorry. sure the frame of the camera cannot pick up the balloon. No, right, right, right. I, I think that that's you know interesting to notice that at a young age and continue because a lot of times I think that <clears throat> we had a lot of interests growing up. All of us yeah. did and. <clears throat> Excuse me. For for a lot of us, though, they fell by the wayside for whatever reason. You know, I, I I would be curious to see what percentage of of men or just people in general followed that. You know, fully into adulthood. You know, had this thing that they were passionate about ever since they were just a wee young lad, and then were able to make a living doing that. Because I think, man, I think that's an amazing place to be. And I think, you know, for those of us that can do that, should count ourselves lucky. But I wonder. Where where people fall off and and how are you able to maintain that pathway? You know, there's that the yeah. running joke of the starving artist, right? Yeah. Where it's like, man, art being an artist isn't necessarily the most lucrative path. No, yeah. You know, it's it's definitely non traditional. Um, no one's parents say, you know what, Billy, I want you to grow up and and make paintings. They're gonna say, no, you be a doctor, be a lawyer, you know, follow this yeah. pathway that you actually can provide for yourself. Right. But obviously, you've found a way to make that happen for you. What would you, what would you attribute that to? Mm, well, just being really good. Well, there's a well, there's a lot of really good points that you brought up. It's you know, the whole the whole <coughs> thing about being a starving artist is that a lot of people when they say when you say oh, you know I'm an artist and they're like yeah really what do you do for a living you know <laughs> that's your hobby. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really an artist. And growing up, you know. People would say, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, of course, they'd say artist. And they're like, ah, okay, we'll see about that. Okay, buddy. And, and they, they just pat the, you. And they have this idea that if you're an artist, you're you're in some attic somewhere screaming into a can of beans. <laughs> this empty, and you're just, you're crying and listening to R.E.M. on repeat and Morrissey, you know. But artists are, it, art, we find out, is that it's such a prominent part of, you know, how we live in our society. You know, if you look at film, if you look at, any kind of craft that's been made that you hold in your eyes with some kind of precious admiration, art is a part of that. And yeah. That the fact that we as artists have that ability to create things and be a part of things that everyone appreciates in a way. Yeah, and then, you know, growing up as an artist, people would say, you know, you should do something more lucrative. It's not, and I don't want you to eat cans of beans and tuna for the rest of your life and mustard on crackers. But no, it's, uh, 
Where was I going with that? Now I'm just hungry. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of mustard and crackers, this show is brought to you by salt. No, I'm just kidding. Salt um, crackers. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the point being is that, you know, art is so heavily ingrained in our culture. You could find it everywhere. everywhere you know what I mean? And, and it's now with technology, we've been able to you know, permeate all kinds of different levels, right? Where it's no longer just paint on a, on a canvas, you know, art is everywhere. It's digital. We're bombarded with art. I mean, you know, to some degree, the ads that people are seeing on social media, there is an artist who is rendering that, who is creating that, you know, a graphic artist or someone actually hand drawing. Speaking of which, um, for those of you guys that are familiar with Savage Gentleman and what we do here, you may have already seen some of Alex's work. Um, The the quiz that we have all the the drawings there was done by um, none other than Alex himself, as well as the the graphic that we did for the League of Savage Gentlemen. That was a compilation of all those individual drawings, which I might say turned out fantastic. Well, it was an honor to be a part of it. I mean, it was just fun. One of the things I like about Savage Gentlemen is that it kind of encourages this mindset that you can be you don't have to adhere to a certain thing you know you can be a savage you can be a gentleman you can do this and you can do that and you can succeed at it and then it's kind of fun well you can be any combination of the two you know what i mean whatever that looks like for you um we actually have alex just now um designed for us a pretty cool shirt that we've had in the back of our minds that that should be launching soon we actually just sent the artwork over to the screen printer and they should be firing that up and hopefully getting that out Man, I, I don't want to put a date to it, but soon. We'll just say soon. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, you guys can actually own and wear a, a masterpiece created by Alex. Um, it's, uh, I, I'm excited for it. It's, it's, it's a shirt that I've been looking forward to for quite some time. But the, the, thing, you know, the thing that I like about what you do is the versatility. You know what I mean? You you have a range, right? And not and not only just in in your art, but actually in your acting and in your other talents. Again, it's it you're someone that can do a ton of different things, whether it's music, whether it's dancing, whether it's drawing, and whether it's drawing a caricature style or, you know, something that's that's more, you know, realistic, whatever. Um how how did you come about that? Because a lot of times people will just kind of pick their niche and stay in it, right? Yeah. How did you – what made you decide that, you know what, man, I'm going to just cover down on everything? Well, I like, I like that. Actually, I think it's, it's a sad thing in life when we, when we find something we're good at and then we just stick with that. I mean, ah, what's the tragedy? In, that's, it's just it's a tragedy that people, they stick to one thing and they don't explore other abilities that they have. And what I do is that – you know, I find that I'm good at art, but sometimes I don't want to draw. Sometimes I want to write. Sometimes I want to, you know, learn jujitsu, or I want to learn how to do wood carving, or I want to be an expert bird watcher. I mean, that's up to me. You know, <laughs> there's no limits. You can watch as many birds as you want. You know. That's that's true, man. I I have often found myself setting limitations to the number of birds yeah. that I that I was able to watch, 
and that just totally took me to the next level. I'm like, I just realized I could watch an infinite number of birds. I mean, bird Thank watching, you. It's a, it's, a, it's a rabbit hole. You go to the <laughs> you might not come back. Jeez. Soon you're wearing cardigans and you're wearing those, uh, you know, white socks and sandals. Man, it's like a like a LSD trip or something, man. You don't know where that's going to go. <laughs> Did you see that blue jay? Whoa. Whoa. So, jeez. Man, I, I knew this was going to happen. We're going we're gonna to go on all kinds of tangents. But that, you know, that's what we do here. It happens. It's 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 part of it, right? So, you know, if you don't like it, this is the wrong podcast for you. Sorry. Um, something that I find interesting about art, and, and I want to get your take on this because as, as someone who has just briefly dabbled, you know what I mean, and, and is absolutely novice, one of the hardest things about creating art, because it is so subjective, is handling criticism because you know and i think that for a lot of people that really stops them dead in their tracks like i know when i'm creating videos or or anything else man i really start second guessing and 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 becoming concerned with how is this going to be received and is this going to is this going to actually capture what i had in my head can i actually get that out there are people going to have the same vision how will it be interpreted all this stuff and you know you can really get a paralysis by analysis oh, and when you get yeah. that negative feedback man it can really take the wind out of your sails how, how how does one compensate for that or how do you how do you work through that because i think that that's something that's valuable in everyday life because we're always going to be met with criticism no matter what we do whether we're painting or just well, and that's kind of like the culture we're living in today you know internet warriors they'll they'll you know criticize whatever they can and that just that just happens but what I think is, when it comes down to it, if you're doing something you love, and you enjoy it, and then you put it out into the world, and you had fun making it, it doesn't really matter what other people think, because if they can see your passion, and they can see that you know, you're being honest, and you're being true to yourself, and you're doing something that because you want to do it, not because you're not doing something for someone else. People are really good BS detectors, too. Yeah. Like, if you put something out, like if I was to draw a picture and I was putting it out there because I wanted to get a lot of likes or get a lot of a great reception, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I'd put my heart into it. If I draw something or create something or film something where I'm putting my heart into it, I have this desire to create it even if nobody ever sees it. That's when I create something worthwhile is because I had to create it. And I didn't have it with anybody in mind. It just had to be made. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I find I find that very true with writing, you know, where for like, you know, I I do most of the blogs for for Savage Gentleman. I do a lot of the product descriptions and and the copywriting and that sort of thing. And there are times where I feel inspired, you know, and it's like and I'll be really happy with what what comes out. And, you know, in my opinion, it's like, no, that's solid. It's a good piece of work. Right. right? And, and at that point, I don't really care how it's received, you know. But then if I'm, if I'm put to task and I have to generate something, yeah. you know, or, or like you said, I'm trying to purposefully elicit this response. It's not true to how I feel. I'm trying to get this, you know, I'm like, yeah, this is what people are really going to be into. Yeah. It, it, it's always hollow. It falls flat. And oh. more often than not, I end up scrapping it. I'll get about, you know, half the way through and be like, this is hot garbage. I hate it. You know, I, I think that you're absolutely right where your passion 
has to be there or else or else people are going to really be able to see through that. I mean, maybe not initially, but eventually, yeah. you know, they're going to see through that facade and that facade and and hey, man, it's just it's just going to fall flat. Yeah, I don't think I, it's sustainable. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back from exploring their talents and everything because they're worried about being judged or mm-hmm. it not being cool or, you know, feeling like they're going to fail, you know. And that's that's the sad thing. I mean, you know, why, why, you know, just get over that fear and then you have nothing holding you back. Yeah. It, you know, I was talking about this actually to, to some folks. I don't really remember where. It might have been within the league. We, I went live and we're talking to some guys or, or it could have been a separate conversation. But, yeah. man, the whole idea of, like, trying to be cool and trying to create, you know, this outward appearance for the benefit of other people, right? Because you're trying to make this impression. You're trying to uphold this you know, vision of yourself. Right. Right. Um, and I spent so much of my life, you know, thinking back, back into middle school and high school. And even, even as a young adult, you know, thinking like, okay, this action, I need to present myself in this way because this is the the way I want to be perceived by others. And I wasted so much energy and so much of my life trying to do that only to realize is it never, it didn't even matter because people are so, inside their own head yeah worried about what other people think of them they don't have time to pay attention to you the most freeing realization that i've ever come to is that like nobody cares nobody. in the grand scheme of things like yeah. no one cares the shirt shoe pant combination you know what i mean it, like at the end of the day how do you feel about it how does it make you feel because that outward expression is going to carry way more weight well, yeah. then, then the visual connection. Does that make I mean, sense? Yeah. And then, like, you know, you spend time trying to be what you think is cool and trying to be like everyone else. Meanwhile, there's this guy who, you know, he's dressing like a crazy pirate that, you know, sails off the coast of Japan. And everyone's like, look at that guy. What's he got going on? We haven't seen something like this. And I think the people that stick out, the people that are trailblazers, are the people that's like, all right, yeah, no one cares what, no one, you know, no one really cares yeah, so I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna do what I love, and then people are like, "Whoa!" And then, pe- and then people start noticing. But whoa, yeah, I, it, it's like interesting. You, you exude cool. I mean, you you seem well. I am wearing a Wolverine shirt, that is awesome which is pretty stuff. cool. I wish I could have worn the camo pants. I mean, like <laughs> the camo pants was actually a recent addition. Um, some buddies of mine from Beyond Clothing they make some really cool outdoor gear, yeah. and. Um, this is like a kind of a limited run that they did. I mean, but these are like legitimate high speed, like tactical, like worn by the military. So I'm kind of being a bit of a poser, but it, because the, the woodland camo is, you know, not in use, I don't feel as bad about it, you know? And it's like, I, man, I don't know. I don't know if it's growing up in the South, what it is, but it's like, dude, I, I like camo. I think it's, I think it's cool. If it calls to you. It does. It speaks to me. It speaks to me. And so occasionally, not every day, you know, this is definitely more of a of a savage, you know, devil may care ensemble. Right. You know, other days I, I dress up a little bit more, but yeah. you know, that's I don't know, that's me. Like I don't want to be locked into just one aesthetic, right? I mean that's right. what I that's what I really enjoy about what we've created with this company is like you have the freedom to move within. Like I don't have this cookie cutter uniform that every time you see Josh Tyler yeah. This is what he looks like. This is what he's wearing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you might see me in a suit. You might see me in a birthday suit. You never know. I mean, it depends on what day of the week it is. But I think, you know, the ability to 
do do what makes you feel good, right? And whether that's how you dress, whether that's your your the pursuit of your career, right? In something non-traditional like art, yeah. man, I think that that's that's really where it's at. That's kind of where we should all be heading if we can. And maybe maybe we don't all have the ability to do that in our careers. Maybe we're locked into something, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, you, you got to keep the lights on. You got to put food on the table, yeah. right? You got to get those can of beans. The can of beans are important. But that doesn't mean that you can't express these interests in other ways, yeah. you know. So not everyone necessarily is going to become a career artisan, yeah. you know, or an artiste. But for, for the folks that would like to get into it, would like to pursue it. What would you, how would you go about doing that? What would you recommend for someone that wanted to, they're passionate about art and maybe they're terrible at it. You know what I mean? If I wanted to, like I've, I've done all of one painting um, and it's terrible, but it was fun. I enjoyed doing it. It was very cathartic, but if I actually wanted to get decent at it and pursue it or any other art form, what would, how would you recommend someone doing that because i'm sure we have some aspiring artists well, okay. in our midst two aspiring artists out there that have this you just do it you know just cut, oh is that all cut the crap and just do it i mean you know when it comes to becoming good at anything i like to follow the the whole method of the the beatles where they said you had to do it for ten thousand hours mm -hmm. but really you don't even have to be doing it that long to become good at it i mean if I had to wait 10,000 hours to become good at art, I'd never make any money. <laughs> but then again, yeah, if you want to become an artist, if you want to become a successful artist in whatever form of art it is that you do, you dedicate yourself or dedicate uh, time to it and you just create. Create as much as you can. Find what what inspires you. Find what motivates you to keep creating. And, and then when you have a portfolio together, you can you know contact people who pay for this art and then you get the money that's the well and that's the tricky part we were talking about this yeah. earlier you know especially in this day and age now and not to say that it's completely worthless but it's very easy to come across the well let's just do it for trade or right. we'll do it for exposure yeah. and it's like i'm not going to pay you for your work but you know, this thing is going to, man, there's going to be like 28 people that are going to see that and they're, oh, you're going to make so much money off of it. It's tough. It's, I mean, I've, I've heard that many times like, oh, it's great for exposure. And I'm like, I'm just getting exposed to the cold because I'm no longer allowed <laughs> to live in this house because the eviction notice. Yeah. It's like, dude, I can't eat exposure. Like, sorry, that doesn't, it doesn't keep me warm at night. It doesn't yeah. put food in my belly. Right. You know, and again, not to say that it's wholly worthless, but how does, how does one, how do you how do you go about finding the the paid gigs, right? I mean, that's the obviously that's the 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 crux of it. But I'm I'm sure there's got to be a lot of people probably sell themselves short where they're like, well, I guess this is probably all it's really worth. You know, how do you how do you find how do you put a value to what it is you do? Because you're putting your heart, your soul, your energy yeah. to it, and and to, to this person it may be you know, worth a nickel, but there may be someone over here that'll pay, you know, six grand for it. Oh, and that's the interesting thing about art is because it all really comes down to is what is art, you know, because it's just really subjective. Right. I mean, to someone, like you said, it could be, you know, 60,000 and sell in a hot minute, or it could be something that, you know, never sees a light of day and just gets busy gathering dust that no one wants to buy. I mean, it's what I've done as an artist is I just, I just put out this art and I just keep creating 
and you know I do things I just put out just put out art because I need to it is my it is my necessity for life if I'm not putting out art I'm not living and then what happened is people started taking notice and they're like hey you know I've got a cool project for you you know you want to work on this I said sure and they're like how much you charge I'm like ooh good question yeah I've, I've actually you know when I do caricature events and when I go and draw faces at a parties I used to have the mindset where they'd give me the check and then I feel like I had to run to the car because I'm like they really pay me ah, I gotta run away before they change them <laughs> no but people um, what I've seen with your art with art or with anything people put a value on something when you give it value I mean you give someone something for free they're not gonna really get to appreciate it as much mm -hmm. as if they they paid money they it was like they put money into this that they saved up and they they have they bought this thing with money and now it's precious to them it has meaning yeah and if you and if you say oh this is this much you'll be surprised at how often people will say okay well, yeah, no problem and you're like really yeah well I mean it, it is it's I mean it, it's interesting the whole notion of money and and the exchange of which we're because we're really what we're exchanging is time for time right like i put in x amount of time to earn that money right, right? that now i'm going to exchange to you for your time and skill and labor in creating this art yeah. right and so it's like uh, yeah, I think sometimes we get weird about thinking about what money actually is and we place more value on the actual green stuff yeah. as opposed to what it stands for and what it represents, which is my time and effort in exchange for some other good or service, which in your case is your time and effort. Yeah. And, you know, I think something something that people don't or they often overlook when they when it comes to art. It's like, well, how much does this piece cost? Yeah. You know what I mean? And you give them a price, and a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, you could whip up a caricature yeah. in, what, probably half an hour or less? Oh, four minutes. Oh, gee whiz. Okay. Or less. Right. Man, that's a, that's a great, like... Thank you. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So so now, you know, the, the, the fiscally minder, like, well, gee whiz, four minutes worth of work, and I'm going to pay you, yeah. you know, 20, 30, 50 bucks, whatever, yeah. right? It's like, man, that's you're making a you're making a killing per hour. Right. But what they're not taking into account is like it's four minutes plus how many how many years, how many decades of experience that it took to get you to make that be able to make that drawing in four minutes. Yeah, it's not the four minutes, it's the skill behind the four minutes. Which was minutes. a lifetime to yeah. cultivate. The four minutes is just a convenience to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> you didn't have to wait more than four minutes, you only had to wait yeah. Yeah, just long enough to eat your cotton candy, basically. Yeah. You you down that cotton candy and almost got to the deep fried Twinkie, you know. And then it's I done. Saved your life. Yeah. Well, it's it's you know people kind of look at um, professional athletes in the same way, right? right? Or you know fighters in particular, you go out, you knock a dude out in thirty seconds, oh. and you know at the high, at the higher levels, you're making a you know six figure income off of that. Right. And they're like, man, you if you amortize that, you know per per hourly rate and it's like you're making you know something ridiculous yeah. right per hour i mean it's like you're making a billion dollars an hour or something ridiculous if you knock it anyway yeah math you get it um <laughs> but what you're not taking into account in that is 
that guy trained for that particular fight, you're looking at, you know, probably a minimum of a six week to up to a 12 week fight camp. Plus, you know, however long that person has been training their, you know, arguably their entire life to get there. So it's like, well, now when we look at on that timeline, the guy's probably still making a decent amount. But now it's something more reasonable. It's like, well, it's probably like, I don't know, 100 bucks an hour. Oh. Maybe. I mean, it depends. It depends, right? There's there's a lot of factors, but now it's not such an astronomical thing. Yeah, right. I think we can look at you know artisans kind of in the same way. It's like uh, you're 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 looking at the tip of the iceberg when you see you know a guy like you sketch that out really fast because even to come remotely close to that that would take me like days. I, like I'm so slow in in drawing, and it would look it would look terrible. But to even just get like some semblance of a face, yeah. like you're talking about probably a two hour endeavor, wow. and it's it just because I'm not that skilled, I'm not proficient. Right, you know what right. I mean? So you, you can look at it and think, well, yeah, that guy just you know busted this out in four minutes but it's like that actually is an even higher level because like you said no one wants to sit for a dude to do a shitty drawing in two hours yeah no i've i actually was at that point when i started when i've been drawing for like doing a face for 45 minutes and the person's just just done yeah could you wipe that drool off your face i'm trying to to i want you to you know i like this picture how long do you think it took um the character Jack in real life. How long do you think that she she had to lay there um, in Titanic? Oh, like if that was a real thing, you know what I mean? Like, cause that back in the day, like people legitimately had to stay still for paintings and drawings and stuff. Yeah. That sounds awful. No, uh, what you see in Titanic and uh, in that that amazing tantalizing montage, <laughs> artistry and sultry Kate Winslet. No, it was actually probably. An hour, forty-five minutes. I mean, real life, she'd be sleeping, but she. <laughs> so I guess she was all. Asleep, you know? Yeah, I mean, that seemed like very. T- I mean, super unrealistic, and probably oh, yeah. like whatever mood was set. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that is gone because you just sat there for an hour being still. While you know, and yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm sure you were kind of frisky to start. It's like, well, bro. And you gotta back, sh- and back in the days of the Titanic, I mean, I'm sure they didn't really have anything else to do. There's like. You want to draw me again? <laughs> Maybe, well, I mean, I mean, I could think of a few things they could do, but I mean, but that's the thing. You got to strike while the iron's hot, yeah, man. It's yeah, like, come right. on. I, I, I'm going to call, I'm going to call BS on that whole thing. I don't think that that ever happened on the Titanic. You don't think that someone was drawn? Not, not a single person was Jack drawn on Rose? that. No. You're telling me that this is a no. fiction? Yeah. I, I, I don't think that that's true. The um, heart of the ocean? I find the diamond storyline on the Titanic I bet that's that's probably not true as well I think they made took a lot of creative liberty no, with that story I can't you believe every second of it John Cameron was there I mean <laughs> the camera crew I'm surprised they got out alive you know it was pretty legit I don't know how, how do this is my fault I think I brought that up yeah the Titanic thing that's my no, it's fault. actually funny because when I do when I do caricatures at events I, I do they ask you to paint you like one of the French girls so many times I mean <laughs> everyone thinks it's there the first person to say it, which is fun I, I love hearing fun comments like you know and I always love hearing that and like yeah uh, try like one of my French girls because <laughs> you have so many French girls yes I don't have, we all I have a little French girl. oh the French girl. <laughs> no. Oh man. So 
let's let's talk a little bit about the savage side because we touched on you know the artistry. Yeah. Um, we we shattered a few myths on what what people's conception of an artist is and how right. you know this. But you know, let's let's talk about some of the other things that you're into that are still still very much an expression of you because I think again we can get very limited into what. Well, we, we, we pigeonhole ourselves. We create this identity, right, where you could very easily say, hey, I'm an artist. I'm an artsy guy. I only I do artsy do, stuff. I have to do art things. Right. You know. But that's not the case, right? You're, you've, you've branched out into a lot of other realms. What, what, are, what are the other things that really get you jazzed up that you, you know, can, can find joy in outside of art? Oh, man. Well. Tell us about you. What, what, makes, what makes Alex tick? Well, uh, in the clock in my mind, the wheel's turning. No, um, <laughs> I don't know. No, there's a uh, there's a lot of things that I just that I enjoy, and I don't know. You could really categorize anything as art if you think about it. You know, it's it's like a skill you have to hone. But I find uh, I don't know the other things that I enjoy. I like I don't know. I love fitness. I don't. I sound like I sound like a tool saying that, but it's great. I mean, I love just improving myself that way. I love um, you know axe throwing and different things like that but i also i love to film i love to write ah well i think it's interesting you know taking that notion of of art yeah. right and applying that to everything that you do you know whether whether it's a martial art yeah. you know what i mean and you're doing something combative because i know you like to you know train in that capacity as well so you're yeah. you know a martial artist in, in a lot of different disciplines um whether that's chucking an axe or it's just pumping iron in the gym. I think that that's interesting. I think very few people look at fitness and training and working out as an art form, it's but kind of a craft, yeah. But but it, but it absolutely is. I mean, a lot of, for a lot of people, it's a hassle, right? Like, I gotta go to the gym. I gotta, you know what I mean? It's like, man, if you're not excited about it, why are you even doing it? Well, no, it's, you know, and the way I look at the the gym or anything you do in life is that, oh, okay, here you have an opportunity to improve yourself. Or to you know bring this aspect of your life that's going to improve your life, and a lot of what I enjoy doing is just what it all boils down to is just it's just myself expressing me, you know. And I'm able to do these things. I'm just glad that I have these opportunities to express myself, like by what I wear, or by what I listen to, or just anything is an opportunity, you know, an opportunity to grow and to improve yourself. You know, you are a work of art, and whatever you do each day is you're adding another stroke. Too. Hopefully not real stroke. Oh my god! <laughs> no, don't have a stroke, okay? No, don't have. We're, we're talking about brush stroke. There's a yes, difference. Another another layer of paint, and you're becoming a masterpiece. That's a man. That's a really like Bob Ross kind of like like yeah. legitimately. Bob Ross was probably one of the most uplifting individuals oh. on the planet, He's right? Because treasure. it really, really, truly is. Um, because man everything that he said and did was just really really empowering yeah. right and and i and i love being able to look at life through that lens you know what i mean where you know just like you're going to do with your artwork and cultivate and, and hone those skills you apply that to everything even yourself right and yeah. and and again for 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 me and and for what we're trying to do with savage gentlemen that's kind of the whole point right is right. finding ways to get better in general, right? Yeah. Whatever that looks like. It, and, and I don't care. It doesn't really matter right. what direction that is in as long as you're constantly striving for improvement. And, and right. in my mind, if we're not doing that, 
then you're going the wrong direction, right? And, and it's kind of like, what's the point? Yeah, you right? never want to settle in life. I mean, life is such an, from what I've seen in my few years on this planet, as a meager little root, but emerging from the soil, you know, I'm, I've been seeing that, you know, this life is, it's full of endless opportunities to explore and, and you know, to never settle and to always reach for something. You know, once you settle, it's like, ah, you kind of give it up in a way. You know, you never want to hang up your hat. You want to keep on improving. I mean, you have a canvas, you know, in the canvas of your life, you're in charge of what, of what you put on that blank piece of paper or that, or that canvas. And it's just kind of exciting to think that you are in charge. You really can create your own masterpiece, make your life a masterpiece. Whoa. Dude, I, I don't even know. Man, that's pretty profound. That that's, is, how uh, I, that's how I try and live my life as best as I can is just to you know, seize that opportunity to create something beautiful, to do something beautiful, to make an impact in a way, even if it's just creating a piece of paper or writing something cute down on a on a you know post-it note i don't know well man i think i think you're onto something there i we overlook the small opportunities to create something and bring someone joy right and and as and as you know minuscule as a quick little sketch on a piece of paper you know what i mean might seemingly be right if if that puts a smile on somebody's face right worth it you know what i mean and, and exactly and that's what i love about working with people when i do caricatures is because oh any any kind of day i'm having i turn that picture around and show those people you know what they look like after i drew them and seeing them light up and seeing the smile I'm like that is what it's all about right there that happiness and i'm like i, I deal in smiles this is great and i'm not a clown <laughs> <laughs> at least not yet i mean you know there there's World's full of possibilities, right? I, am, I, I mean, you kind of am a clown. I don't know. So I've seen some of your your stuff. It's been some of your man. Some man. Oh my gosh. I don't. I'll probably cut this out. But it's like, dude, some of the shit that you've come up with, like some of your your skits and things, are oh. like freaking pretty, pretty damn funny. For not being a clown, they're oh, they're really thanks. fun. Well, I guess maybe not not necessarily a clown. But a comedian right. for not for not being like a professed comedian, like some of that shit's pretty funny. Oh, just you wait. We've got we're actually working on this upcoming music video for a country song that I wrote in a gas station. You know, I heard I uh, heard this line in a gas station. Then I then I went to a what Goodwood Steakhouse and I wrote the song in the bathroom. And and then we're gonna be filming a country music video in like a week. And just you wait. It's gonna be hilarious. I. I, is it gonna transpire in a gas station bath or a restaurant bathroom? Possibly. Is that the setting? I don't know, man. Oh, might be in the a possibility. Backyard, might be in a trailer park. Who knows? Who knows? I, I think every good country song should at least at some point incorporate a, a trailer park. It needs to have a dog, a car, something about an ex-wife, something about the the mother-in-law, mm -hmm. and yeah, uh, train, truck, prison, as the uh, as the old song goes. Mama, yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are important, uh, man. I I think we I think we covered everything. Is there? I mean, that was, man. We went we went all over the place, um, but you really you brought it around for some 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 good, some good stuff there. Wow. Well, thanks for the opportunity to be here and and to talk and to be. I I like to consider myself a savage gentleman, and it's cool to have a feel like I have a home here. 
Yeah, no, man. I, it's 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 always a pleasure, and and you're absolutely a savage gentleman, and you know, I, you. really excited to continue to work with you, and and hopefully keep help keep your lights on from being a starving artist. Yes. So you're not eating beans. If we can continue yeah. to facilitate, and at least let me have varieties of beans. Give me kidney beans. Give me yeah, beans. for sure. Black beans. Well, it really, it actually all comes down to to the listeners. They're the ones that ultimately have to buy the stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then we can contract you for more things, and that's how the world works, you know? I need to feed my little my little nephew, okay? Your papinos. So if people want to reach out and see what you're up to, um, follow you if they want to commission you for some work. Right. Because I'm sure that's, you know, possible for the right price. Right? I might be able to draw you as a French girl. Whoa. Well, hello. Um, how, how, what would be the best way that they could do that? Well, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. And um, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a tricky handle name. for, Or you can just find me online. Well, we can tag it. I can, oh, I yeah. can put it in the thing. Yeah, you yeah, can just yeah, find yeah. me through Instagram or I'm on Gig Salad. You know, under what characters the? by Alex the Artist. So if you want your whole family drawn, you know, everybody drawn, you just you contact me. I'll hook you up, man. I'll get you taken care of. There you go. Awesome. So social media, we'll put the link that way you can you can find him there. Gig Salad. Yes, Gig Salad. That sounds disgusting. It sounds. I do not want to eat a gig salad. You don't want to eat a, it's like something you'd find at a at a pho restaurant. You know, I'm like I'm not sure. And like, Ugh, what is this made out of? Yeah, weird. Yeah. Excellent, man. This has been a great. Glad you were able to stop by and see us. And uh, man, stay tuned. You'll see more stuff from this guy soon. Thanks. And uh, until next time. Pew, finger guns.